You're watching KCMI-TV. If you're hungry for the power and presence of God, get ready for the Fresh Fire Conference presented by Pastors Kent and Candy Christmas, April 11 through 14, with special guest Jensen Franklin, Samuel Rodriguez, Tony Suarez, Dr. Hans Hess, and Pastor Kent Christmas. For more information, go to www.regenerationnashville.org. Well, I'm so glad you've joined me today. And uh, we want to take our thought from the book of Luke, chapter 6. And uh, I'm just going to read all three verses and then we'll break it down. Verse 47 of Luke 6, it says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, or my teachings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house, and he digged deep, and he laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So um, when Jesus is this particular uh, portion of scripture is the ending of the Sermon on the Mount. And so the Sermon on the Mount are so much of the wisdom that Jesus was releasing. It was the sayings of the Lord. So I, I want to talk to you about um, building your house on the rock and building your house upon the sand. Um, in, I think it's in... Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 6, it says that you and I are the house of Christ. One scripture talks about we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. But in this verse, it says you and I are the house of Christ. We're the house of Jesus. And in uh, one verse, it says this, Psalms 127 and 1, it says, except the Lord build the house. They that labor in vain, they labor in vain that build it. And so you and I are not our own. We've been bought with a price. And we are the house of Christ. And except the Lord build that house, then whatever's built is built in vain. And so you want Jesus to be the one that is putting you together, that's constructing you. And so he ends the Sermon on the Mount with this particular parable. And he uses a wise man and a foolish man. Um, this really came up my spirit because if you are not careful, the enemy can really mess with you when you see lukewarm people and wicked people who 
don't base their life on the principles of Christ. And that includes a lot of sacrifice. It includes a lot of denying of yourself. It means uh, sometimes going for years. I did. You go without and you watch the wicked prosper. And David, he, he, he struggled with this. And he said, Lord, he said, I never really got an understanding and peace over this issue of my life. He said, until I went into the sanctuary and then I understood. And so uh, Jesus spoke about, he spoke this about you and me. He said, one of the ways that you will know that I have built the house or that an individual is the house of Christ, he said, my house shall be called a house, hallelujah, a prayer. And I can tell you this, it is impossible. I don't care what anybody says, what the teachings are out there. It is impossible to live victorious for Jesus Christ without prayer. That's why the hardest thing for a Christian to do, it's harder than fasting. It's harder than reading the Bible. It's harder than going to church. It's harder than tithing. There is nothing that is more difficult for an individual to do than to pray because the enemy recognizes that of all of the things that you and I do in our life, there is nothing that has greater effect in tearing down his kingdom and building you strong than the spirit of prayer. And so I wanna go back and just kind of um, look at what this scripture is saying. First of all, he said, whoever hears my sayings and does them, you know, the Bible talks about, he said, there's people that uh, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And um, you can't be a Christian and not obey the, the concepts and the precepts of the Lord. So he said, whoever hears what I'm saying and does them, he said, this is, and Jesus said, this is what I think he's like. He said, he's like a man who built a house it's funny because the Lord kind of uh, flip-flops is here because you can't build a house first and then foundation. But he said, he's like a man, he built a house. But he said, the first thing that he did was he dug deep. He was looking for something. Uh, he was looking for bedrock. And if you know anything about geology, uh, sometimes... Uh, you have to go down several feet before you ever find rock. And it, it means then you're going to have to spend some labor and some expense and some time because uh, I know up in Alaska, they have something called permafrost. And uh, it's ground that thaws and freezes and thaws and freezes. And they can't build a foundation on that because when it thaws, then everything begins to teeter and totter and uh, they have to find out, find a different way to get a foundation. And the Lord said, this wise man, he dug deep till he found rock and then he laid his foundation on a rock. Now I wanna go back to verse 49 and then he says, but he that heareth and doeth not, there's a lot of people today, they, they hear what God's saying, but they don't do it. He said, this is what this individual's like. He's like a man that didn't have a foundation, 
but he built a house upon the earth. One of the most difficult parts of, of building a house is laying the foundation. It's the most critical part of building the house. Uh, when, when, I, when I read this story, the issue here is not the house, not for the wise man or the foolish man. It's very possible that both of the houses looked the same. They might have had the same design, the same square footage, the same uh, look to them. God said it wasn't the house itself that was the problem. He said it was what the house was built on. Pastor Kent will be right back after this message. My God can do it. Yes, he can do it. Nothing is impossible. Nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's too hard for you. You'll do what you said you'd do, and I'll shout till the walls fall down. For more information, or to donate to Destination Miracle, go to RegenerationNashville.org. Sow out of your abundance and make a difference today. We live in an hour where it's very difficult just from a glance to tell the difference between the counterfeit church and the real church. Uh, there, are, there are many, many churches that, that never, I was just recently listening to a man talk about a mega church that he went to, and he said, I've been here over 20 years, and we've never done an altar call. And he said, I've never seen anybody give their heart to Christ in a service. Well, I'm sorry, but the church is about birthing souls. And but there are so many seeker-friendly churches, they sing that, listen, they sing the same praise and worship songs that churches that are really hungry for God sing. They might have the same format to a degree. They're using the same Bible, but the Lord said one of them doesn't have foundation because they did not take time to go deep. And so he said, the wise men dug deep and it just, it just, you can't, you can't build a house on a foundation and have depth quickly. And this is why God many times has, has taken so many of you through a process of time. Boy, he did with me. I mean, um, you know, 47 years in ministry before I ever saw God open the heavens over my ministry. And I think many of you can say, Pastor, I've, you know, it's been 20 years, 25 years. I've sought God. I've prayed. But what you don't realize is that the entire time you've been, you've been digging deep. Hallelujah. Till you can find the rock of ages. And you've learned by the digging deep that you've got to hold a bedrock in Christ. And you have built yourself on the Lord. And so... Um, Digging deep produces roots. And this is why so many trees in the south where I live, there are so many pine trees. And every once in a while, we'll have a storm come through 
and you can drive down the freeway, you'll see pine trees laying everywhere. And the reason being is because that species of tree doesn't have deep roots. And they, they do great. They're beautiful to look at in the summertime and when it's, the weather's great, but they cannot endure a storm. And this is why so many Christians, when they encounter adversity, when the flood comes, they just fold because they've not taken time in their life to dig deep. This is why you can't give up going to church and you can't give up your prayer life and you can't give up reading the word of the Lord and you can't stop living by faith just because what you declare does not happen. But every time you make the decision, I'm going to stay on the rock, you're digging deeper in the Lord. So the the, the counter side of this is the Bible says, then the foolish man, he built a house too. But the key was he wanted it immediately. He didn't want to take the time to dig deep. Um, you know, our, our, um, everybody wants it all right now. And... You know, we live in a generation now where our children want everything it took their parents 30 years to accumulate. It's the same thing in the Lord. Um, you cannot walk in the fullness of God overnight. It takes time. And this foolish man, uh, he wanted the house. See, he wanted to get in it and relax and be comfortable and sit on the front porch and drink a cold drink. And and uh, I, when you read this, you know, from the way it sounds, uh, the foolish man finished his house quickly. And across the street, you've got the wise man, and he's, he's living in a tent because he's still dealing with building the foundation. Never let the side of where you are, dominate your thought process that you're not successful in God. I always prayed, I always fasted, I always sought God. I gave it my best when I only pastored 40 people. And now that God has blessed and opened the windows of heaven, it doesn't move me because my foundation is in Christ. There are many of you that you wonder, Lord, am I a failure? You're not. Anybody that's taken time to dig deep, it's going to be a payoff. And the wise man, you know, he, it took him a long time. And so nowhere does it say here that when the foolish man finished his house, the storm came. It never came. He's living in sunshine. Why? Because if the storm would have come then, before the wise man finished his house, he would have perished. Same thing with Noah. God let Noah's generation just live in blatant sin. But the day that Noah finished the ark, seven days later, it began to rain. And uh, one day the wise man has put in his last window. He's hung his last door. Uh, he's, it's weather tight and it's finished. <clears throat> And then the Bible says this, that a flood arose. Floods don't happen over time. They're almost immediate. 
It's just when all of a sudden it's an unusual amount of rain begins to come and the channels that hold the water can't hold them anymore and it just begins to flood. The Bible said that when the wise man finished his house, that the floods came and they began to beat vehemently. This literally means it's like a tsunami. And I want to stop here and say this, that judgment and blessing can happen overnight. You can go for years and there seems to be no payoff either way. You see the wicked prosper and you see the righteous suffer. But I'm telling you, and I've seen this in my own life, that judgment and, and blessing can happen overnight. There are suddenlies in God. Bible talks about, um, you know, that we tarry long, but when he comes, he will come speedily. There are, God operates, it, it will seem like God isn't doing anything and all of a sudden he will operate speedily. We are in a season where we're getting ready to see God loose a flood. One of it is going to be a flood of blessing on the righteous and the other is going to be a flood of judgment on the wicked. And both of these houses are being hit at the same time with the same flood. This is what it says about the wise man's house. The flood beat violently on that house and it could not, it couldn't shake it for it was founded upon a rock. The judgment that's getting ready to hit the earth and hit the wicked for those of you that have chosen to build your life on Christ, and it might have been, you might have gone decades and not really seen what you wanted to see. God's saying, hold on, because there's a suddenly a blessing coming upon you. The same flood that couldn't shake the wise man's house, the Bible said that it hit the foolish man's house. And then it says this, immediately it fell. Um, I'm just telling you by the Spirit that we're coming into a season of immediately. Immediately the heavens are going to be open over God's people and the blessings are going to be so much there's not room enough to contain it. Immediately the judgment of God is going to come and it's going to fall on the wicked. And the Bible said, great was the fall thereof of the foolish man's house. I think that, um, number one, when you read this, this wasn't God that brought this flood. Because if you go back to Genesis, the Lord, I think it's in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 11, God told Noah, he said, I won't ever send a flood again. So this flood that's coming, it, was, it, it came from the enemy. And it came to destroy the wise man's house. And all it got was the foolish man's house. There is, I believe that God is going to take some of the things that the devil, remember the scriptures of what the enemy is intended for evil. God will turn it to good. I believe, boy, I feel this in the spirit, that God is going to take some uh, things that the enemy is going to try to do and he's going to flip-flop it. And what the devil thought was going to destroy God's people is going to become a blessing. And so don't be discouraged. 
and how long it takes for you to build your house on a rock. Because you can mark it down when the flood came and hit the wise man's house and he's sitting on the inside and he's watching this, he thinks, oh, I'm so glad that I took the time to dig deep because my house won't be moved. And the foolish man, I'm sure, great sorrow came on him because he thought, he realized, I should have taken the time to build my life on Christ. Do what God says. He who likens or builds his house on a rock is like the man that hears my sayings and does them. So I want to encourage you, don't be moved by how the delays and how long it takes. You're getting ready to see us suddenly come on people of God. Well, God bless you. I hope this has helped you today. I'll see you next week. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. My dad, I lost my dad when I was 12 years old at Christmas time, but I can still hear my dad pray. And as a very young man, I made a commitment to the Lord to pray an hour a day. And before I went through that process and being alone and divorced, you know, I wasn't an easy man. I don't think I had a lot of compassion. I had a quick temper. Where God needed me to go, that person couldn't go there. So he had to take me through this horrible breaking. So I wound up uh, homeless. Um, I slept in my car. Um, I remember I looked up, I was standing in front of Starlight Nightclub there, and the enemy just said, why don't you just go in and get drunk and throw in the towel. And I, I stood there that night and I looked to the heavens. I said, Lord, I said, you didn't do this to me and I won't leave you. I'll say that when you can come out of these valleys intact but changed, then you feel the pain of other people. When she actually kind of showed some maybe interest, you know, I mean, I thought, wow, you know. When we did get married, uh, I still wasn't preaching. You know, I was just pipe fitting. First time I ever ministered again was the first time the prophetic ever came on me. It's like something just comes on you. I begin to hear the Lord. You know, it's kind of like when you're, you got an earbud and you can hear somebody speaking into your ear while you're speaking. And I began to prophesy. I didn't know what it was. I'd never done it. And it just, it just rolled out of me. I thought that after 20 years or 30 years that I would see fruit in our ministry. And I knew that for us to reach the world, we have to have people that are on fire for God. I don't have to pursue the things, my dreams, because he just makes them happen because I put him first. The success that, that I see in life now, only God did.